Welcome to yet another exciting installment of Lion City Rock, the one and only podcast about everything you ever needed to know about the Singapore music scene. So my name is Kevin Matthews and here with me is my partner in crime, Chris Toh. Say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. <laughs> and today, I think it's very special for us, uh, special for me as well. Uh, we're going to talk to a very good friend, um, someone whom I still remember uh, meeting for the first time at TNT Studios. Wow. <laughs> While they were recording, uh, they were recording their first album. So I'm talking, we are talking to the one and only Linda Ong of Lunarin. Yay! Hello, Linda. Thanks for having me. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. Linda. <laughs> awesome to Hi. see you. Yes, yeah. see you. I haven't seen you since the plague, but here we are. <laughs> that was the was that the last album? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that sounds like a little was... album title. <laughs> yeah, the chrysalis. Now it's the plague. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, as as you know, we we talk to all our guests and we get to track their musical journey. Mm. Um, you know. From when they were infants until now, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but so so let, let, maybe you could let us in on how how you got you started on your musical journey. Um, you know, like were you always a fan of music, and, and how how did how did music grab you? Yeah, uh, I mean, when I was growing up, there was always music in the house. My mom was a huge music fan, um, so she was a big fan of you know 60s, 70s pop music. Like um, like the BGS, she was always mm. playing the BGS. Um, <laughs> yes. She was playing Boney M. Wow. <laughs> uh, the Carpenters. We always had Carpenters in the house. She was a big big Carpenters fan. And then we had Helen Reedy. We had like Carol King, mm. uh, Tom Jones. Um, so so yeah, we always had and a lot of ABBA too. So I grew up with with um, singing along to ABBA when I was a kid. So I always had a, a passion for music. Uh, but I never learned music though, so so I have no music theory. I wasn't taught. I, I wanted to learn the piano when I was young, but uh, my parents were too poor to send me for lessons. So so I never really did pick up any musical instrument. Um, but it was one of those, you know. I, I don't know whether you guys had that feeling where, as you were growing up, you feel that music basically saved your life. Yeah. Because um, when I was growing up, I didn't have that many friends. I was actually very lonely wasn't very popular, very awkward, you know, and um, I was one of those people where I didn't, I wasn't part of any clique or anything, it was just mm. me, myself, and it was just really just me, myself, and the music, so, so the music was really, I, I felt, music was the one that saved my life, if I woke up in the morning, I'd play music, get dressed to school, mm. school mm. listen to the Walkman or a Discman in the bus on the way to school, and then coming back, the first thing I'll do is to turn on music and just listen to music when I Get back oh. home. Non-stop music, yeah. So, so music really was uh, a big, big part of my life. Um, so, it, it, I sort of went to um, to a, a SAP school. Mm-hmm. I went to Daman High, and mm-hmm. I really was a fish out of water when I went to Daman High because, you know, it was very. Um, it was like a Chinese. It was a Chinese school, right? Uh-huh. Um, you had to study Chinese CL one. I wanted to die. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was really when I went when I went there. I was like, oh my God, why have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I, I couldn't. Everyone there spoke perfect Mandarin, 
uh, everyone wrote Chinese very, very well compared wow. to like, what's going on. And everyone, I realized, um, listened only to Chinese songs and spoke Mandarin at home. It was that kind of, you know, <laughs> environment. So I was there with my, with my, you know, English thing going on. I had no idea what was going on. So um, I, I was lucky that in secondary three, I was posted to this weird class, uh, which on hindsight, I realized was just basically a bunch of misfits. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> it was a class where everyone there was either taking a music elective less course or an art elective. So you had your MEP students and your AEP students. And I think I figured the school probably just dumped all these people into this class for scheduling reasons because it's easy to <laughs> schedule them, right? <laughs> uh, then they dumped me in, even though I wasn't MEP or AEP, because I think just to make up the numbers, they dumped me in. But as it turned out, these people were sort of the same wavelength as I was, you know? All of us couldn't speak Mandarin properly to save our lives. All of us hated the whole Chinese thing. And all of us just wanted to do our own thing. So um, Inter and Kawai uh, were my classmates in, in SEC3. And we're talking about, oh, I'm revealing my age now. We're talking about 1993. Mm. So, so we went in SEC3. So, so we are always hanging out in school. Uh, and uh, Kawai would bring his guitar. We'll stay back during recess just to play songs and sing along. And that was how it all started. It was really just a bunch of friends goofing around, having right. fun, and really, you know, bound by a common love for, for music. And I think we were lucky to grow up in the '90s because it was grunge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Grunge was, I think, probably the last major rock. Yeah. rock music movement now yeah after yeah. that you don't have you don't have rock music that had been so seminal and so yeah uh that had such a huge impact yeah. on, on culture and everything so it was a privilege to grow up during that era and so being young impressionable teenagers you sort of okay let's play the next Nirvana song let's play the next <laughs> song uh oh and, and i think a big favorite was fun on blondes oh right yeah yeah yeah. Um, and a uh, couple of some, I think there was also, um, you know, Sweet and then all yeah. during the 90s. But yeah. this was when we were growing up and yeah, yeah. it was yeah. such a fertile time for us to be exposed to music. And the thing about music is once you've heard the music, you're interested in this band. You end up wanting to find out what their influences are, right? Mm. So it's like, even if you say, oh, I love Pearl Jam, and then you try to find out a bit more, but you realize, hey, hang on a minute, they actually are inspired by Led Zeppelin. And then you go, mm. you start going backwards and you listen and find out more about classic rock, about Led Zeppelin and stuff. Yep. Same thing with all the other bands, like your Soundgardens or Alice in Chains. When you are interested in them, you try and find out what, who their influences are. And then you find out even more about music and get more and more involved in you develop your love for music even more. So that was how it started uh, with me and then Kawai and Inti just goofing oh. around playing music. Um, and then I think uh, in 1994, somebody said, I don't know who, it could have been me, said, hey, let's form a band. Even yeah. though we couldn't play anything, I couldn't play anything. <laughs> um, and so, so we sort of said, okay, you already have a guitar, so you can play guitar. You, what do you want to do? The guy says, okay, I can only play piano, but maybe I could pick up the drums. It wouldn't be that difficult. Okay, then you play the drums. <laughs> and then okay. you, you don't know anything. Bass is only four strings. You could pick up the bass. So that was how it all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. 
So that's how it all started. And um, so it really was, we were so um, committed to it that immediately then, then we would like, I think go down to Sri and buy drumsticks. Really? And, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to go and buy a Samic base that was like, I think. Samic, <laughs> yes, I remember. Yeah, $200 or $300. Yeah. And I bought a damn cheap, damn cheap Marshall base M, like 150 bucks. No, Park, Park, not Marshall, Park base M, oh. 150 bucks. Locked it home. And then that was it. We just started learning how to play play covers first of course and then that's how we started okay. and um, our very first jam session we went in nobody knew what to do couldn't play anything so there was no sound we just turned <laughs> 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 on the amp oh this is the guitar amp oh this is the bass amp okay 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 now I get it now and then I plug it in and yeah so it was a complete waste of waste of money that very first jam session nobody knew what was going on Okay. Yeah. So do you, do you remember where the first jam session was? It was at uh, BMC, oh, okay. Adult Industrial Park. Nice. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think then after that, they, it became Wheelie Music. They shifted to our junior yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was at BMC. We were there for, for quite a while. In fact, yeah, we jammed at BMC throughout when we were first box. Yeah, Fuzz, 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 Fuzz Box, yeah. yeah. Fuzz Box. Okay. So that was the name of the band, uh, Fuzz Box. That was the name of the band. I don't know why we called it. I mean, the, that's the problem with us. We never really think properly. <laughs> band what? names, I mean, how wet, okay, Fuzz Box. Later on, somebody told us that it's actually there's an 80s all-girl band called yes. Fuzz Box. Right. If, uh, we've got a Fuzz Box, so we know how to use it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that, uh, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I tried listening to them. I'm like, okay, it sounds nothing like us. Never mind. No, no. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it doesn't. Now, it's quite interesting that you say, talk about 993 and revealing your age because by 993, my one and only was in the charts fighting with non, non, four non blondes. Four non blondes, yes. <laughs> so talk about, talk, talk about revealing your age. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think um, that was really the time when local music was being played on the yeah. radio. And yes. it was so inspiring because I mean, my one and only was one of the things that that I I was always hearing on the radio at that yes. time, right? Yes. So for a young person like me, I'm thinking, hey, it's possible for local music to be mm. made. Yeah. And yeah. and um, I think the the one band that really sort of um, made made such an impression on me was Humbai Oak at that mm. time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I think I think around that time, Painstain Morning was getting a lot of. Mm. Radio airplay too, right? Yes. Spring Square and 94, 94, yeah. yes. 94. Yes, yes. So that was really a big a big thing where, where oh, I keep mm. hearing it. And of course, the same thing when you hear one song, you want to find out a bit more, then you end up hearing the odd fellows. Mm. And then after that you end up buying Bigger magazine and then from Bigger magazine you <laughs> all the other bands and uh, yep, and then, yep, yep, of course, yep. then you end up going to Roxy with all those cassettes, those demo tapes. And, and back then, I didn't know better. So it's just whack, like, whichever cover looks quite nice, not just photocopy, just buy. So <laughs> yeah. the earliest that I bought was uh, Force Vomit. Wow, okay. I mean, no idea who they were at that time. It's like, hey, this is quite cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the, the other cassette I picked up was a metal band called Grey Coat. I don't know whether that's true or not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good times. Yeah. Good times. But but the covers you were playing, what kind of covers were you guys uh, mm. uh, doing at the time? Then Nirvana. Nirvana was the easiest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it wasn't really because we really really liked them. I mean, we did like them, but but it was more because they were so easy to play at that time that 
if you want to get started, you've got no music background. All you know is, okay, the fret is the first fret, third fret, fifth fret, first fret, yeah. third fret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was how we... So, so the very first bass line I, I learned was um, uh, Polly, you know, the Nirvana yes, song. Yes, Polly, yeah. It was the very, very first bass line I ever learned. Because wow, was, yeah. I think I think just the E and the G and the... I forgot now, but yeah, just three notes. Yeah, sure. yeah. But that's not, that's not that easy <laughs> to play either, man. Polly. <laughs> Nirvana were basically 3-4 chords. Like, yeah. It's all 3-4 chords. So, yeah, yeah. for a bass player, easy lah. Just hit the root note. <laughs> you know? Just keep playing the root note. Then later on, as you get a bit more brave, then I'll start, okay lah, do a little bit, hit the fifth lah, hit the octave, see what happens. <laughs> okay, and, okay. And then, used to buy guitar magazine, and mm-hmm. they would have like the tablatures for bass and for guitar. So we oh, would yes. one person buy, share, then photocopy, everybody share, pass it around. So that's how we used to do it. We, we played a show because after that we went we went to Victoria Junior College mm-hmm. and um, we All played a show the three of us oh, the, wow. yeah okay. uh, us went to VJ, cool. uh, played a show it was a disaster we went to... <laughs> what happened I think, I think we didn't know what we were doing because it was just the three of us somebody said hey um, I think three of us cannot make it we need an additional guitarist I know my friend who can play guitar and can play with that. So he got this friend, this, this friend who looks like a bing, comes in, takes out an Ibanez. With, right. I don't know, his settings were all metal type settings <laughs> to play, but we were playing like punk rock. Okay. And throughout the whole gig, it turns out he couldn't play standing up. So he played the whole <laughs> thing down on the drum right the, like the rest of the was That's so weird. <laughs> So, so it was really bad, but that uh, gig was the gig when Concave Scream um, played a show and they were mm-hmm. just starting out. And this was Concave Scream before they had drums. This was just the two of them, Pound right. and Sean. And, and of course, they were the, the best um, performer of the night. And all of us were, oh my God, so embarrassing <laughs> to play so badly and then to have somebody who's that good. To, to come up after us. I mean, are you kidding? So that was quite a bad experience, which is why I could still remember it now. So, <laughs> okay. Very, very, so, rock, so, very rock and roll, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spinal tap, very spinal tap. Yeah. So so after that, um, the, the guy who sat down couldn't make it, so we, we didn't include him in the band. So. Okay. <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> <laughs> So, so we were always constantly looking for another guitar player. Um, and at, at that time then, though, we were already beginning to write our own songs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, partly because I think um, we always knew that eventually we wanted to be a band that would play our own songs. We didn't want to be just a cover band, right? So, so that was high. So we, we already had a few ideas. And then we found this other guy in VJ as well, who was actually... Um, a year younger than us, um, so so we got him in, and he was a big big Pearl Jam fan. So he sang like Eddie Vedder. You know, wow. Okay. All the yow, uh, all the yowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the guys really liked it at that time. They said, "Great, great! You must have someone that sounds like that. That's the only way to make it big." You know. 
So that was how it started. Then we, it, became, it became officially Fuzzbox. It was the three of us and this other Eddie Vedder-esque guy. <laughs> and, um, and, and so we had, we had four songs. Two mm. songs were written by me, two songs were written by him. Uh, you know, mm. so, so you could hear the difference because he was super po-jam, grunge type sound. Whereas the ones that I, that I wrote was quite different from that. Even somebody else told me that it was a bit more Joy Division-esque. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. So, so we, but we had, we had four songs. We went mm. to TNT to record it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, we didn't know our boy at all. You know, it was one of those where somebody said, I know this place can record and it's not very expensive. Okay. So, yes, that being a... oh, oh, um, a boy, and this was when I think TNT was still was it level four? He hasn't shifted level four level. first, yeah. He was level four first, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was at level yeah. four. Yeah. So he went there. It was a boy he recorded for us, and then after that, he said, "Uh, uh, we're gonna do your songs." And we said, "Don't know, don't know what I'm gonna do." Then he passed us, go and make cassette. It was submit lah. Go and make cassette. So he passed to us. Look at it. Okay, okay. So we ended up, that was how we ended up releasing it because actually the plan was just, let's just record something. We don't know what we're going to do with it. Okay. But because our boys said, go and press it, go and make cassette. And that's when we went to go and press it. Left it with um, Roxy mm-hmm. and sent one to Big O. And then that's how we realized once you send something to Big O and if Big O reviews it, then everybody knows it. So, 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 so sorry, so how come I have a CD of it? The first one is it? Yeah, it's a blue blue cover. Is that the first? Which one, one is this? No, the is that a blue one cover would that have says been. Passport? That's the second one, is it? No, that would have been the third one. That oh, was the third okay. one. Oh, okay. okay. The the blue one would have been yeah our last one after that we broke oh. up. Okay. So so the very first one even I don't have it anymore. I don't have it anymore. It was like a photocopied black and white. So, we went so, to. So what's the first one called? Uh, it, it was just untitled. Just, oh, just Fuzzbox. Oh, okay, just, just Fuzzbox. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then we went to some encyclopedia, took a picture of the syphilis bacteria <laughs> or something, and then we went to photocopy. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. We went, we yes. went to Tatong Shopping Center, one of those okay. photocopying, photo, press like 50 copies and scissors, cut everything. Uh, mm-hmm. DIY. DIY, yeah. DIY, everything. And back then, it was all DIY. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, so after that, uh, then Big O reviewed us, and suddenly, uh, to my surprise, everybody sort of took notice. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, then our yeah. very our official first show as Fastbox was in the in the youth park because mm. there was a show that Daniel Sassoon organized. I don't know whether yeah. you remember that. It was a show called A Sort of Homecoming. Mm-hmm. He got Little to design the poster, and I was at Little's studio the other day, and I actually saw he still kept he still wow. kept the poster. What what year was that? Ninety five, is it? Oh, ninety seven. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. Ninety seven. So okay. so that was our very very first gig as as possible. It was a huge show. I think the I mean there was Livonia of course. Mm. Mm. Uh, was I, I'm not sure whether Astral played. There was Crack Healer. There was mm. uh, oh gee I can't remember now. But of course we were the earlier ones lah. Of course nobody knew us right. <laughs> so so we were the the. The first few, but still it was it was nice. I thought it went a lot better than the the VJ one. At least nobody <laughs> sat down. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
uh, everybody was super intense because like nervous, right? But then people right. thought we were intense because we were into it. But actually, the truth is we're all damn nervous. Uh, so all like, uh, <laughs> and then just four songs, uh, just four songs. So oh. we had a very short set because everybody else could play like forty-five mm. minutes, but we didn't have enough material for forty-five. It was just four songs, and then we went off and um, and 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 yeah. So 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 after that, that was that was how it started. And then from there on, we got invited to more gigs and more gigs and. And yeah, so so Fastbox it went on for um, ninety seven until two thousand and three. Wow, okay, that's quite a long. Yeah. That's quite a long yeah. run. Six years, yeah. Yeah, so I thought it it went quite well. It went all right, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 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 it went all right. So then we had a couple more. We had another another cassette, um, and then followed by the 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 blue color one. Um, okay. Some tranquil devices, but by the time we were recording that, we were already on the brink of disbanding. Like, it just was, yeah. it wasn't working out anymore. It was like nobody was speaking to anybody. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. Then you had like two camps, right? One person, the the, the singer Sean was basically writing songs by himself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it was me and Kawai writing our own songs by ourselves. Right. It got to a point when it was really like really why are we doing this when whenever he shows us his song everyone was like mm, do we really want to play it <laughs> even though to be fair i think he, he's quite a good songwriter you know it's just I, I think back then we were young and we were you know egos and yeah Creative differences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Musical and creative differences. <laughs> so, so yeah, so yeah, so 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 that was that was what happened. So from from Fastbox, then we we decided, you know, I, I think maybe because we were older too, mm-hmm. that that we realized that the initial hangout of always wanting a a fourth guitar player may not be necessary. Right. And always the idea of always wanting a male vocalist may also not be necessary. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, whereas we thought then what was more important was to be able to write music that we all enjoyed, that we could all be involved in in the songwriting process more than anything else. So I think that was eventually that decision that we that we made ultimately. Mm. Yeah. And that was when we said no point, you know. Right. Yeah. So you guys stuck to being a trio, power trio format. Yeah, so so it um it helped that Kawai figure out how to split his signal into two amps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, it made a huge difference, right? So he's like, yeah, I figured out this thing. I could split it in two. Let's try. So when when we went to the studio, he and then I was hey, actually we don't really need the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I guess that helped lah. So then, then that was it. Um, we, um, it was quite bad. We were, it was like a, you know, uh, it was as though we were having an illicit affair. We would have two separate jam sessions. One jam session, <laughs> and then after that, there'll be another separate jam session where it's just the three of us. Oh wow! Sometimes somebody would let slip. And and during the first jam session, may say something like, "But later on, we're gonna try this, right?" And then Sean will try what? What later? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> Who's the yeah. other woman? Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that went on for a while. Um, 
for a while. Okay. How long? About half a half a year, I think. Wow. Wow. Okay. Breaking up is hard to do. Yeah, man. But during that time, we were writing songs. A lot of songs and the Christmas were written during that time, and. I can't get still remember we did a. Sh- Do you remember there was a place? Was it called Ush? Ush. Is it Ush? Yes. It's a night a nightclub where there was this guy who was organizing gigs for local bands in Ush. Do you remember during that time? I can't remember. Was it called Ush or something? We were invited to do a show mm-hmm. at Ush, and in fact, I was supposed to do something with Daniel Sassoon at that time, okay. like for fun, like a fun thing. Uh, but then I thought, hey, why don't why don't we play these new songs? Because I think it'd be quite fun. Okay. Right. So um, I got the other two guys to come along to play the new songs uh, after my set with Daniel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then to our horror, Sean came. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh my god! Because Sean saw it and he thought it was just a bill. It was he thought it was just Daniel Susun and Linda Ong. He had yeah. no idea he was still doing something else after that. So Sean was there with his girlfriend, and he was like shocked, like. Uh, what the fuck, right? <laughs> and then after that, he's like, "These are full fledged songs. These are like proper full fledged songs that you guys have been working on without me." And then we we're like, mm, "Yeah, sorry about that." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was how we we ended like ended after that gig at Ush when the cats are on the back. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's like high drama, right? Right there, man. <laughs> like- I do feel I do feel quite bad though on hindsight. I mean, when I think about it. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> wow, that I didn't I, I didn't realize it was that dramatic. <laughs> That's some story, man. <laughs> yeah, so so after that, that was how we we then sort of became became lunar in officially and and worked on the song and um, and. Uh, I, I guess no regrets, lah. During going down that that route, because it was it was definitely a lot more fun. I've never really been like a progressive rock music fan. Mm. Been, never listened. <laughs> oh, okay. For that matter, I'm not even a metal metal. I don't listen to metal at all. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. That explains. Yeah. That explains all the distortion and all. <laughs> all the, all, the, long, all the long songs, long instrumental yeah. bits. It explains, <laughs> and, a, it explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. So, so lunar read. I mean, that came. Yeah, I, I I want to ask this because I realized I have forgotten to ask certain people why. How do you get a name like Lunarin? You know. <laughs> Remember, I told you we never really put in a lot of thought over band names. Yes. Yeah. Same problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's one of those. Um, I think at that time, um, it was a combination of of me reading up a lot about mythology mm, and very okay. getting into certain stuff. Mm. That that plus, I think to some degree, we were trying to justify us being so mean to Sean. <laughs> what to the point when that whenever there's a certain sign, we will say, "You see, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. That's why we are in this band, right?" right. So. So, for example, we would say, hey, hang on, do you notice that we always write songs during the full moon period? I don't know who said that, I can't remember now. Okay. Then, then always we would, we would add on it and then we'll say, yeah, yeah, okay, full moon coming next week, right? So I feel that by next week, we should be able to finish up the chorus or something. So it was like our way of trying to justify that, okay. you know, there's more to it than just us being assholes to Sean. <laughs> that there's a deeper meaning behind all of this. And, and so... This whole thing about, look, whenever it's a full moon, things will happen because it is meant to be. Mm. Right. Right. (laughs) To that. And that's how we said, you know, let's try Lunar in. And then we sort of like the sound of it because it's a bit ambiguous. You can't tell whether it's shoegaze. You can't tell whether it's metal. Mm. You can't tell whether it's goth. Mm. It's not too long. Right. We didn't like band names that were too long and too convoluted also. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was it. So, but, of course, now when I think about it, I think it was just we're just being full of shit. Okay, it's a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was how we came out with the name. But um, the good thing is we don't we don't regret it. As opposed to fastbox, fastbox we used to always regret it going on. <laughs> Why do we think of fastbox? Why can't we think of something else? At least Lunarin, we've never had that issue where you know maybe we should think of something else. Yeah, and change it. But we never had that problem. So okay, not too bad. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I mean, so I mean, so now that you've become Lunarin, you know, you 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 put out the first album. Um, that will be what two thousand and six or something. Yeah, Chrysalis, yeah. right? Chrysalis. Yeah. So, but so I mean, you you mentioned that you've been writing the the, the tracks for Chrysalis like prior to that already. Yeah. So was it easy to to come up with to get in together and then do the do the album? Yeah, because I think. With the two of them, I mean, we've been together for so long, right? I mean, we've been together since we were in Sec 3. So so things do happen quite organically, I must say. And it was fun because somebody will come up with one idea and then somebody, it feeds off somebody else and somebody else will come up with something else. Uh, at the same time, I think we were honest enough to tell the other person, though, I don't think this one works. Why don't you try right. something, you know? And there wouldn't be, nobody would take offense anymore. It used to be back then, we used to be offended. <laughs> uh, and we wouldn't speak to each other for a while. Uh, but then as we got older, and it became a bit wiser. It became, it happened quite organically, I must say. So so I think, um, which is why the songs in the process came along quite quickly. Mm. It came along quite quickly. I think from that time, from 2003 onwards, actually, it was more or less all written. We were just always gigging and gigging and gigging and playing the same songs over and over and over until so by the time we released it in 2006 actually the songs have been in circulation for about two or three years already been playing it live wow okay oh wow yeah yeah okay so so recorded at tnt right (laughs) yes back with our boy so it was nice i mean uh, it was nice to to go back with our boy because um the the blue the blue album for fastbox we recorded with leonard 
so we didn't we haven't seen our boy for a while actually and and ever since then we've always even if we don't record with him because we record at home now we always go back and we jam with him and we if there's a gig we will do a gig with him and we get him to do the equipment and the sound oh right okay so, okay so, so yeah i was always been been fun with our boy lot so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Always nice. And then with at, at TNT, you never know who you're going to meet. That's like, true. Like, I, I met Chris Ho at, at TNT. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that was the only time I ever met him. I was so nervous with Chris Ho. Didn't know what to say. Just, hi. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On hindsight, I should have taken, like, can I take a photo with you? I should have. I should have. Yeah. I just, I too, yeah. too embarrassed. Try to act, try act cool. <laughs> to see Chris Ho at TNT. Try to act cool and put my bass. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done the fangirl thing in this life. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. I, I regret that. I, I really do. He was he was a nice guy. Chatted with us very, very briefly because he knew that we were setting up and stuff. But, yeah, he was mm, nice. Mm, yeah. 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 So, 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 yeah. 15 years ago, Chrysalis came out. Yeah. Yeah. But you've, yeah. your output has been pretty uh, constant since then, you know. Depends. I think we, we do have quite a number of EPs and singles mm. along the way. Actual proper albums, I don't think so. I think we took a while. I think the next big, the next proper album was in 2010. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, Julie. Yeah. Right, then right. That was the next one. So it did take us about about um, four, four years. Mm, okay, you know? okay. Right. Because all of us got married during that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I've always thought I've always thought that uh, like Dewey was uh, like a very ambitious, uh, mm. very complete. You know, I mean, he has that feel, but is re- is it really? Uh, was the process like that? Did you have to put in a lot of thought? Was it planned yeah. out? Yeah, and all that. It was. Uh, it was. It, I mean, on hindsight now, when I do look back at the songs, I I did, to some degree, say, hey, not bad. I think we did manage to pull it off to some degree mm-hmm. because uh, there were songs where we would have one riff and then we wouldn't know what to do with it for at least maybe a year. You right. Know? And then after that, I have to go back and only then somebody would say, hang on a minute, why don't we do something else? And then that's how it flows, you know? So like there was a, there's a song on Do We called Rid. Uh, so for the longest time, we only had the intro riff. It was just me and Kawai doing like an interplay thing. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we never knew what to do with it. So just play and then stop, play and then stop. Okay. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I think it took us almost a year or a year and a half before I said, why don't I sing something over that? Since it's all in A anyway, okay. right? I, I'm just going to paddle the A note and sing something. So the moment I came up with the vocal melody, then the rest of them say, hey, hang on a minute. I can do this and I can do that. And that's how... The, the song started and that was really the modus operandi for most all of the songs on that album oh. so it was actually very very difficult to write uh, a lot of late nights a lot of you know um, sending each other voice memos and, and sharing ideas and stuff so so yeah we wanted an album that would be that would be big in a sense mm-hmm. big in terms of ideas big in terms of it being expensive, right? Um, and and uh, and yeah, so 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 that was what we we did. On hindsight, I, I felt that in terms of the actual recording process itself, we could have done it better. 
But I, I think that's the problem for almost all bands. When you're self-funded, you do everything yourself, you record everything yourself. Always, you always have a lot of regrets and then you always think, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. say that in my opinion right i mean i think that one dway and uh, kraken right yeah initia and cutlass those are the two like like epic premier progressive yep. rock <laughs> albums that singapore bands have produced seriously yeah yeah those two i mean yeah, dway and wow. Uh, kraken wow wow yeah. that's nice to know that's nice to oh, hear it was as close to in my ears a uh, concept kind of journey uh right right as opposed to a collection of songs you know, yes. you know, was that was that an intention though, or, or did I just get it totally wrong? <laughs> no, no, you're right. So, um, the the cradle of the album itself started as a trilogy. Oh, so it's not a trilogy or three songs. It was Midas, Red, and uh, Serpent, Serpentine or Serpentine, however you want to call it. So the these we call them the trilogy. I, I don't know why it just so happened that when we were writing it, these were the first three songs that came out hmm. first. And then these three songs became the, the basic foundation of, of, of what the album was intended to be. Uh, so, so lyrically, there's some connection among the three songs. Right. Uh, and then we did want some form of an ongoing motive for the three. So, so these three became like the main, you know, the structure, the body of the album. Mm. And then you're right in between, we interspersed additional songs. But I think it helped that because we were already so consumed by the three that whatever other smaller songs had still remnants of, <laughs> okay. of that sound and that and that feel, right? Right. So, um, a zero point red actually was a song that we wrote for a friend because I had a friend who, who did a documentary mm-hmm. uh, about Cambodia, about the the Khmer Rouge regime and right. stuff. Right. So, so she wanted us to to write a song for her for that film, which is what we did. Um. So, so that's why zero point red. This whole idea of of you know massacre and mm. a place and, 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 and the, 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 the history of the bloodshed still carrying on in the, in the ground. That was how the concept of Zero Point Red started. But eventually, I don't think it was used for that show. Right. So we decided to then re-record it and use it for, for our own album instead. So, but then we felt that, hey, actually Zero Point Red sort of fits into the trilogy too. The, that, that kind of feel yeah. fits into it too. Yeah. And then we had a few other the slower tracks were sadder, but uh, came after the trilogy was written, but still that same setting, like the whole late night after work, damn shack, sit down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So, so that it was a effort to make it a concept album. But if you ask me what the concept was, I can't really <laughs> okay. tell you. <laughs> so 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 where where do you think that uh, conceptual kind of trust comes from? Is it comes from a music influence or it comes from literary influence? Where does it come from? Both, I guess. Mm. Both. I think musical in- influence, certainly. I mean, uh, we're all really big Tool fans, right? Okay. Um, so, so, of course, we would be very inspired by this whole metal progressive rock thing and having cyclical polyrhythm type riffs. Mm-hmm. 
So that was something that we wanted to explore. Um, so I think we did more of that in Dewey rather than the first, the first album. So, right. so that was something that, that I think went through. Um, I think there were some movies at that time, but often now I can't remember, which probably had an impact on, on how, how those songs were because, um, I mean, lyrically it's all just me, right? So um, I, I probably was watching something at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but here's the, here's the interesting thing. I mean, you mentioned about like, having to spend late nights doing this thing. So I mean, obviously you guys, all three of you have like full on uh-huh. jobs. And how, so how, how, how do you guys have like, you know, make time to actually put, you know, the music part of your life together as well? Very tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think with, with kids, it makes it worse. Um, mm. But this was the time before kids, mm. right? Mm. So it wasn't so bad. Mm. So it used to be, it used to be where I would be in the office. I mean, Kevin, you know this, if you're a law firm, you don't go home before nine anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so it used to be like, I would tell myself, okay, let me try and clear work. If I, I should try to leave the office by eight. Okay. If I leave office by eight, at least I have a bit of time to meet up with them and we can jam or we could meet up. So that was how we did it. And then weekends would be, the good thing about before kids, you know, during that BC era. <laughs> BC, yeah. <laughs> for children. Uh, would be your weekends are generally quite free unless you have a trial that you have to go back to the office. So, right. so then weekends, yeah. we do carve out time during the weekends and see can we meet up and spend two or three hours. And then of course you have a gig or a show, then you mm. you're both your both your Saturday Sundays are burned. But come I mean we we did enjoy it, you know. It was fun. It was fun to to leave the office at eight, go and meet studio, oh, yeah. jam after that, drink drink taping, mm. Milo at the Bobby and go home. Who cares, right? <laughs> so young, yeah, the music is there, we love the music, the music is life. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was our equivalent of the rock and roll lifestyle. La. Not the whole poor bus thing by state rock and roll lifestyle. It was the daytime go office, then nighttime go jamming studio and <laughs> lifestyle, but better than nothing. So so I think if you're committed and you want to do something, you can. Mm. Uh, it's just that now with kids, it gets so much more difficult because you're juggling not just your own schedule, but so many other people's mm. schedules as the part yep. very tricky yeah mm. yeah <laughs> so we think for the kids to grow up <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but I don't know and then by the time I don't know how old I'll be so we'll see no no no, no. Treasure, <laughs> treasure the moments treasure the <laughs> so all, all things must pass as they say um... that's true that's true yeah Actually, yeah. I mean, speaking of that, then um, I I wanted to ask also uh, for what was the idea behind the Midas sessions because that was acoustic. Yeah. Why Why did you decide to do a an acoustic session like that? The way really took a lot out of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was really like nonstop four five years of let's try and make it as heavy as possible. Can you adjust your bass and make it damn heavy? I must make sure the frequency is as low as... So you spend the whole four or five years doing that, um, perfecting your guitar tone, making sure the bass tone is fine, making sure the guitar tone matches the bass tone. I think by the time we released it, we got quite tired. Okay. And, and we thought, let's just do something completely different for a change. 
because end of the day we we also love songs and melody i mean i'm a big pop fan mm-hmm. um so so then one of the things we decided to do was um i did have quite a lot of songs which was in the same cassette tape as some of the songs in due so what happens is i used to have a a a walkman mm-hmm. i still had i think i don't have it anymore but back then i had where i just be like recording stuff on a cassette tape right side a side b and i would then pass it to kawaii or whoever who had any ideas so i still had some leftover songs which they felt wouldn't suit the feel of the early albums but maybe we could then revisit it so that was how we decided let's bring back those songs do it strip down acoustic and see how it goes mm-hmm. and then um i think we were also approached by some organizers to do acoustic shows as well i think i can't remember now right so because of that we also had to do like an acoustic version of some of our heavier songs anyway mm-hmm. and that process turned out to be quite fun right i mean uh it was quite fun plus then we got our friends natalie so who, okay. who plays with serenade to also play violin for us right and and it became like a collaborative thing a new collaborative thing with new people uh working mm. out something new so it became it was initially like a fun thing where it was just friends meeting up together at my apartment jamming mm, mm. and they told me thought hey why don't we just record it for fun and see how it goes and that was how that was how it started so it wasn't meant to be like a proper proper album right right so to speak it was just really like a couple of jam sessions with friends and it became quite fun And then since we already have the recording equipment at home why don't we just record. Oh okay. Even the recording process itself was meant to be like a fun thing with friends no pressure let's just record not nice try again you know mm-hmm. and after that go downstairs makan go back up and and try things yeah so that was more like a like a ECA type <laughs> okay okay. <laughs> yeah but it was fun too enjoy I enjoyed doing that. And you recorded all of it at your place or something? Yeah. Wow. I my 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 old apartment back in Geelong. I remember the the release. Uh, there was quite an elaborate kind of package, right? For for my this yeah. session. Yeah, correct, correct. We did it with with Claire Lee, who's a who's a mm. friend and artist. So so she's the one with all those ideas. So she thought, why don't we do mm. it like a like it's like a letter, like a, a letter mm. inside with lots of uh, handwritten notes and different vignettes mm. of mm. different parts of the song mm. and stuff. So so yeah. So we had a limited edition. I think it was only fifty pieces or something, and we actually went to her studio like on a Sunday, and all of us were like packing, pasting, holding, wow. yeah. okay, DIY, yeah, all DIY lah, all DIY. So so yeah, quite fun. Hmm. I miss the DIY yeah. things though. I mean, and there was a music video as well, right? For yeah, 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 correct. So um. It started because I thought I wanted to do like some lo-fi thing on my iPhone. Okay. <laughs> for fun. Okay. For fun. Um but of course when I shared that with with Natalie, Natalie being the professional uh, award-winning film editor as she is, said no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to do <laughs> something let's do it properly. And that's when she activated her friend Zen, Zen Yo. 
uh, and then we got her friend Yap involved to, to, mm. to do a shoot. And then, so the whole concept was done by, by Zen. Zen had the entire concept down. It was, it was fun. It was also shot in my apartment. So, mm, so yeah. the whole, he had a whole panning from left to right thing that was all, all planned mm-hmm. by him. So that was oh. quite fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a very nice video. That was, I think, the best <laughs> video we've had because it was done professionally by people and not by my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that was fun. That was a fun video too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing had a sense of Lunarine Ghost Pop. Yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how the whole thing came across. Like, wow, it's it's Lunarine Pop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, even the song Ride of Sleep itself, I mean, um, yeah. so pop, right? Very. I, I wrote it after watching some weird Scandinavian movie okay. one night. I can't remember where it was, but then I just like plucked the thing. Damn pop. Showed it to Kawa, who's a closet pop fan. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I can play a solo over this. I can play a solo, and, and that was how I started. And then um, it was quite fun. So after after Midas sessions, um, the next one would be the next big one is in into the ether. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Okay. So only th- only three songs. Yeah. Because that was when all the all the babies came. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> And we had no yeah. time. In fact, um, um, you know, the, the longest song, The Flood, mm. that was written when I was pregnant with my first kid. Wow, actually. okay. So there was a long, I mean, we spent five years writing that song because I think for the longest time, the same problem all we had was just the intro riff. <laughs> we didn't know what to do. Okay. <laughs> and then after that, I had a kid, and then they had a kid, and then I had a kid, and then they had a kid. Um, so it only was, I think, later on, um, when we met up that we were able to revive the idea and then the other parts of the song mm, mm. came but, but it took us almost five years to write it was it was really horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so it was it was like um it got to a point when we had no idea where it was going like look do you want to put this part here you want to put this part at the back right and somebody said i want to repeat the part again how do you repeat it again so we cannot you have to repeat it again so this kind of weird, like, I mean, to some, to some level, it was almost existential. Like, what is the point of this song? Right. <laughs> and to another level, it was like, what the hell is the structure going to be? Right. You know? So, so it, was, it was horrible to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so, yeah. for me, one, one of the things that stood out for me when, when I was looking through the album, as, uh, the, the EP was um, that it was uh, mixed by David Bottrell. Yeah. How, how, yeah. how did you guys swing that, man? Um, you know, we were all big tool fans. <laughs> yes, I think I was mentioned sometime in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so David Bottrell did it like like the two two big two albums. Mm. He did. Uh, he did what did he do? He did Lateralist. Lateralist, yes. Yes, and then he did the one before that. Uh, Anima. Right. Anima, right? So we've always been big fans. Love the sound of the drums and everything. Right. So one fine day, after we've sort of recorded the songs, but we were struggling with mixing, I just went to Google search him and email him. Right? Uh, really? That's it? And he replied. Yeah, and he replied. Wow. He replied and said, yeah. sure. Send me something. Let me take a look. I'll listen. I'll hear it. And if I can help you, I will. So so then we send it to him. He comes up, yeah, I, love, I dig it. So, okay, let's start. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. But, yeah. So he's super nice guy. Super nice guy. So in fact, even after um, uh, we did the the mixing, he would actually drop me an email, ask me about the music scene in Singapore. He was curious. Oh. Okay. How's okay. Singapore like? You know, is it like is there like a music scene and how's the music scene like? Right. Right. You know, he was actually like curious, like wanting to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, yeah. so appreciated that. So, so that was fun. Wow. I mean, you know, I mean, for those who don't know, David Portrill has only produced albums by Peter Gabriel, Robert yes. Fripp, King Crimson, yes. Tool, as we yeah. mentioned, uh, yeah. Dream Theatre. That all. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Rush. Well, you know, little Man. bands like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they made, I'm sure they, I'm sure they have made it somehow by now hopefully 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 they've got a long career ahead of them <laughs> yeah. but i mean that, that's the thing right because like we sometimes we are so insular uh, about our scene and our music that we that really we don't think that anybody else would like outside would really appreciate but most of the time that's usually the response that i hear yeah that when people listen to Singapore made music outside, if they don't have any of the prejudices, yes, they dig it, they mm. like it, right. they enjoy yeah. it. I yeah, I appreciate that very much. Yeah. In fact, that was what no, it was what Carlos did. Carlos got uh, was it Brad Wood? Mm. Too? Oh yes, yeah, yes, Brad Wood, yeah. yeah. So so I, I was quite inspired by that. You see, the fact that they could get Brad Wood to do that, I felt, look, why should we be hampered and why should we be? Yeah, just it's just an email. It won't kill if it doesn't reply. It doesn't reply. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, a, yeah exactly. Right. That's true. So, so but mm. hey, he replied. <laughs> that's <laughs> great, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, and uh, of course that brings us up to your your latest release. Uh, firstly, I like the title, uh, "Songs of Love Lost and Isolation." Um, inspired by COVID, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and also, and also, it it, it kind of reminds me of the the, in some way, a bit of the early stuff that you guys put out. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, yeah. Was it was it easy to to get all this together? I mean, COVID and all that. Everybody has been saying that, you know. I, I mean, a lot of things ground to a halt. You know, gigs were cancelled and stuff like that. So. Was it easy to get together uh, uh, to put out this album then? So in fact, I think it was because it was locked down that I had the time to write this album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be able to. So, so um, the thing is, I, I wasn't even sure whether this these songs would have been a Lunarin release, to be honest. How do, you, um, how do you mean? Because these were all just songs that I was just messing around on my own. So, so I, I was wondering, you know, you know, is this like my own thing mm-hmm. or, or should I get other people to collaborate because it just sounds so different. It was just things that I was messing around with during lockdown last year, right? So, so but then I thought, hey, actually, no harm just showing the guys and see what they think and if they can help me out, they could. Because to me, I'm, I'm very limited as a musician. As I said, I don't have any music training. I can only just drum the guitar. I can only play the bass, but... I can't do anything. I can't do like a, like I'm a. I can't do like like Kevin Matthewson on the piano and do things alone like <laughs> yourself. I can't. You know, I'm very limited as a musician. So I, but I mean, all I had are just ideas. So so um, whatever ideas I had, I had to show it to somebody. Mm. Uh, and the only the only the somebody is just the the two guys, 
So I showed it to them and said, hey, I've got these ideas, no pressure. If you think that you don't want to work on it, it's fine, don't, no worries. But if you think that you may want to, you think it's fun to, to contribute, let me know. So they'd say, yeah, fine, it's, it's quite fun, we'll, we'll do it. And uh, that was how it started. So by the time I showed it to them, the songs were more or less done as okay. in, so you notice it's, all, it's just basic pop songs, right? Mm. It's not, there's nothing progressive about it. It's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus type structure. So the, the structure was all done. The lyrics were all done, you know, they were already written, but it's just a question of how do we want to do it? How, what sort of sound do you want the songs to have? So, so it was fun because the focus then for them was more like how many layers in terms of instruments could we do? Yep. Rather than sitting down, spending five years, where do I put the verse? Where do I put the chorus? <laughs> yeah. So it's a different approach. Yeah. And um, that, I mean, Inkte has always been playing keyboards or piano. So right. then he sort of did a lot more. So the funny thing about this album was all the solos were written by him. Oh, okay. He did okay. all the solos on the keyboard. Uh, mm. Then uh, Kawai was the one who actually programmed all the drums. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> what a role like, reversal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so it has a lot more kind of dark wave kind of yes. actual yeah. Yeah. vibe. That was, yeah. yeah, that was what I, I sort of wanted to to aim for. But, uh, yeah. like, uh, that, that kind of a vibe, you're right. to this and it goes like okay it's kind of the there's a i mean there's a certain essence listening to the, the the tracks that it's also very evident in 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 the chrysalis uh maybe it's like an idea of you know the band just wanting to do do these things you know and, mm. and, you, and yeah. you can i mean I, I think you can tell that that it's not it, in the way that the i mean maybe you weren't in tnt together doing this whole thing yes. together, you know what I mean? But yes. there's still that sense of, okay, everybody's chipping in, everybody's doing this, just, just putting everything together, uh, you know, putting their minds together to to get this one, like say one song done and stuff like that. So that's, that's what I liked about it as well. Um, all right, all right, yeah. You're, you're right, I think the vibe is similar in the sense that we're not working on, say, a riff anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because the other earlier stuff, we were always, it was very riff-based, uh, very riff, odd time signature, locking with the drums type. Mm. Whereas I think the chrysalis and this one was very purely chord progression and vocal melody yeah. focused. And it was more like, this is the melody, how do we sort of head it up? So you're right. So in, in the midst of us working on this one, I did feel like the vibe was similar back in terms of more the chrysalis rather than our, our last few releases. Mm -hmm. I did have that same feeling. Mm -hmm. mm. So Yeah. Well, I, I guess so. Where, 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 where is, where is Lunarin heading to then after this? I have no idea. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only saying this because I know it took you like five years and eight years or whatever to do the last two ones. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I have no idea. We haven't even been jamming at all. So, I mean, and impossible to jam at this time. Yeah. Right? Two yeah. person or three person or whatever. So, but, but yeah, we've been so busy. The, the restrictions haven't helped. But somebody has to start the ball rolling, I guess. Mm. Maybe it's, I guess it has to be me. <laughs> well, you, you know you are the face of Flutterin, right? <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, a very old one, I must say. <laughs> but I guess we did come a long way from having a, a Eddie Vedder wannabe to, to this. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean, we haven't really talked about it. Every time we met up, we were just eating and drinking, eating and drinking, and then it's locked down. Eating and drinking. And drinking. So, yeah. so, but if I do come up with something, and maybe I will come up with some ideas if, if time mm. is right, then I'll show it to them, and then we'll see what happens. And if mm. that doesn't happen, then maybe I will do something on my own, or I'll work with other people. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Plus. Oh, the other thing that we're joking about is that if Pat can have a greatest hits, then everybody should have a greatest exactly. Hits. You guys should put up a full on best of greatest hits compilation, man. Best of Lunarin. No takers. No takers. Very... <laughs> yeah, the only person playing would be my son, who's, the, who's our only fan and our biggest fan. <laughs> I think he's the only one that's boosting my uh, boosting my YouTube hits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a few people to remix. Yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Just we did have a we did have a remix album. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't done by us. Yeah, Somebody yeah, yeah, else yeah. planned it. Uh, and then they they remixed a song of Dewey. Uh, oh right. Uh, the sky, the sky. The so sky. so sky. it was like a. It was like we we made. We made our raw tracks available mm -hmm. yep. for anybody who wanted to download and remix it. And then oh right, yes, yes. Consolidate it all and put it into yeah, one yeah. album. But but it wasn't. It was yeah. it was it was um suggested by this friend of ours called Ivan Chu. Okay. Um, mm. Who who was a big fan of this whole Creative Commons thing, where yeah yeah yeah. Everyone is free to use the music for yes, for yes, I remember, yeah, non-profit, yeah. non-profit, yeah. But that was quite fun. Yeah. It, it really was to hear yeah, the yeah. different. I did, I did one. You did right, yeah. I did one remix, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah correct. That was really fun to, to hear yeah. everyone's different, uh, different, different. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah, yeah it was quite fun. fun. I think how many tracks did we have? We had like we had quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot. Ten, 10 tracks. So I'm looking at it now. Kevin Matthews is track nine. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Chung is track three. Right, right. Yeah, yeah the Cosmic Armchair is track seven. It's quite fun. Mm. Enjoyed it. It was fun. I mean, uh, yeah. those things, you know, um, about, about music where it's, it's such a privilege to be like a part of this community mm -hmm. that, yeah. that, that not everyone is... It's like secret access members only type feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
that I do enjoy. Yeah. Like, like sometimes when when you go to court, right, and and you're thinking to yourself, like, oh my god, it's just another long day. But you have to psych yourself and say, but nobody else here in this courtroom plays mm. bass. And then, okay, fine. That's true. Yeah. Or nobody else in this current place base and drop D. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that that's what you know. That's what motivating yeah. us. Uh, about this sound, uh, podcast, lah. Mm. You know, because we believe that the Singapore music scene is special, mm. and that's why we want to record it and and you know share with everybody how special it is and how special. You know the musicians and the artists who have been working. You know sometimes under the radar completely. How special they are as well. That's what we want to kind of share with the world as well. That's what we are doing, basically. Kudos mm. to you guys. And have and have fun so... in the process, lah. Yeah, lah, yeah, lah. The part yeah. important. Well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> a very worthy, a very worthy endeavor. <laughs> and and you know, I mean. Um, I don't know how you feel when 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 Chris Ho died. It just felt like nothing, uh, nothing is to be taken for granted. Yeah, everything yeah, yeah. is finite. Yeah, that's no, true. It's true. Yeah, it it was hard. Because, yeah, it was hard because we were just talking about hey, we need to get Chris Chris Ho oh, on, wow. oh, and then wow. and then wow. and then boom, right? And then boom. You know, but yeah. he was always one that we've been gunning to get. Um, okay. Yeah, because he, I mean, for me, he's also one of my like heroes kind of thing in a way. Iconic. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that he's probably one of the most, you know, misunderstood <laughs> icons in Singapore. Everybody has a different view of him, and it's always very everyone's very different from it. Yes. From, and and when you talk to him and all that, and you realize, oh, okay. Maybe maybe my whole you know entire premise of princess about you is totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 He is a complicated guy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah, he, he did a good yeah. job. But, he did but a good job. anyway, um, but no, but thank thank you very much, uh, Linda, for taking time out to to do this, man. Oh no. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I know. I know you're yeah. busy and all that, but but thank you very much for. A pleasure. But okay, before before we go, um, can you tell everybody? Where to find Lunarin out in the wonderful webosphere? Uh, we are available on uh, Apple Music, hmm. Spotify, Bandcamp. We are also available on YouTube, I think. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Kim. so all your usual online music platforms. Okay. Okay. We will we'll put those in the show notes as well. But thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Linda. For, for turning up. Thank you. Thank you for thank having you. me. It's been a pleasure. No, it's been really thank fun you. and Take nice care. nice catching up with you again. Yes. <laughs> Hope to see you soon after Yep, yep. After we survive, <laughs> we survive this. Yes. We survive yes. This. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well thanks very much, Linda. See you. See you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye bye. And, and that's it. Another very interesting conversation on the Lion City Rock podcast. Uh, if you like this, this episode, uh, do listen to all the rest. We're available on all the various podcast channels. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, um, leave a comment wherever share. you can. Share. Yes, share. yes. Share. Please share this share. podcast with all your friends who want to get the word out. 
And apparently not Sunny and Cher. Well, I don't mind that Sunny and Cher. So, <laughs> I mean, why not? If she likes it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I never know, right? Well, yeah, maybe yeah, you should email yeah, her. Yeah, never know, you know, yeah. just cold call and just say hi. We've got this podcast. Would you like to? Would you yeah, like to we should email check it out? Yeah, share. Yeah, yeah, but do it. But do 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 leave us a comment or review. We're also on Reddit. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, do check us out and let us know what you think. Um, you know, and tell us if you wanna if there anybody if there's anybody else you wanna hear us talk to, just drop that in as well. On all our socials, we'll be posting all new episodes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Teasers and all <laughs> yeah, that. Why not? So yes. Thank you for listening, Iron City Rockers. Uh, we will see you soon. Uh, until the next episode, um, this is Chris signing off. And Kevin, Ciao. bye.